Welcome in to the Shop Management Show presented by AutoLeap. I'm your host, Will. This podcast will explore the experiences, challenges, and lessons learned of auto repair shop owners. We'll cover every topic imaginable from EVs to ADOS, right to repair, the technician shortage, and so much more. AutoLeap is a cloud-based shop management software that allows shop owners to better run their business, increase efficiency, and grow revenue. You can find a link to schedule a free demo with AutoLeap in the show notes of this episode. Please like, share, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. I'm thrilled to be joined today by Cecil Bullard, CEO at the Institute for Automotive Business Excellence. Cecil and I will discuss a topic critical to the long-term success of your auto repair business, customer communication. We collaborated on an ebook covering strategies to develop high-value customer relationships and improve your shop communication. You can find a link to download that ebook for free in the episode show notes. Cecil, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. And by the way, such a great job on the ebook. I mean, literally, I, I'm very impressed. So thank you so much for making my words sound good. It ought to be a required reading in every shop. So thank you very much for those kind words. And we really appreciated your collaboration on the ebook. Your insights were instrumental in putting that together. So getting into our conversation today, let's first start by focusing on the importance of effective communication in your shop. So in your opinion, why is effective communication with customers the differentiating factor between successful shops and then the businesses that struggle? Everybody wants to be heard, okay? And most customers, it's funny in our industry, uh, everybody talks about, well, you got to run this, you got to, you can't be this, this expensive because the other guy's not that expensive and you can't charge this for parts because, you know, the, they can get them here and there's all this transparency and everybody's talking about price and, you know, car count and we got to, you know, and, and in fact, the, the problem is that the differentiator for every shop is the experience that the customer has. It's not the, it's not the fact that uh, you repaired their water pump or, you know, you took care of their brakes or whatever. It's the experience that they had. And a, a large part of that experience is, do I feel like I was understood, right? Do I feel like somebody listened to me? Do I feel like my concerns were met? And so communication and, and proper communication is vital because that's, that's the lasting thing right? They, they walk away with what they feel about how that went. And what they feel about how that went is better having communicated better with that person. I, I have this, uh, when I teach communication, I have this picture of, of uh, I think it, it's Homer Simpson. And it says, um, you know, everybody wants to be heard. Uh, and that, and I listen to conversations with service advisors, tons of phone calls, and the customer so often, the client so often will tell you what they need you they need from you if you're listening. And so what we find is that often, uh, because I have an agenda, my agenda is get that car in the shop, get it here, we need the work, we need the car. Um, I'm not listening to what the, the client is telling me, right? And I'm, I'm, I'm not hearing properly what it is they need from me. And a lot of times we interpret that as they need a, a price out of our mouth. And most of the time it really has nothing to do with that. 
Great point there. And why do you think that's such an overlooked aspect of running an auto repair business? Obviously, there's a ton that goes into investing in your technicians, investing in equipment, running a shop efficiently. Why do you think customer communication is something that falls through the cracks in terms of a strategic focus for an auto repair business? Well, first of all, you know, how many of us uh, took communication classes in high school, uh, junior high, uh, college? How many of us have read, uh, you know, 25 books on communication, studied communication, um, et cetera? We're, we're primarily not good communicators from birth, right? And um, unless we take the time to really learn about that because communication is more than just the words you say, you know, there's, there's a a whole, there's a whole nother aspect that, you know, tonal, uh, volume control, uh, 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 even body language. My wife is, is funny because I'll be getting upset and I'm, I don't yell because there was a lot of yelling and hitting in my family when I was a kid. And so I kind of figured, okay, I want to get to a place in my life where I don't have to yell. And so in my, my, my married life, I've never, I, I don't yell. I mean, I, I can't say never because probably I have once or twice, but, but uh, I'll be talking to her and I'm getting kind of serious and my voice is getting, you know, serious. And I'm, and she goes, why are you yelling? And, and I'm not yelling. Right. I mean, I haven't really changed my volume. I've changed my tone. I've changed my delivery. Um, and if we're not paying attention to that, uh, because we're unaware of it or because we have another agenda on our mind or whatever reason. I just think that, you know, uh, why do most marriages fail, right? Um, it, it, it isn't, it, it's almost always lack of communication. Um, in business, what's the difference between uh, success or failure most of the time? Communication, right? All management mistakes are communication mistakes. Um, you know, uh, I didn't, make myself clear that the person didn't understand uh in our in, in our early marriage about eight years in my wife and i had uh she came to me one night and she said uh, i don't love you anymore i filed for divorce now uh we'll be 43 years uh in about a week um but but uh i thought i was communicating clearly and actually she thought she was communicating clearly too and the problem was that my experience in life was a different experience than hers. And so when someone was quiet and uh, serious, uh, she thought, oh, they must be upset about something and it must be something I did. And I was quiet and serious. I've kind of been quiet and serious most of my life. I know most people won't believe this, but I'm actually an introvert. I test as an introvert and not an extrovert. I'm an extrovert by necessity, uh, but an introvert by nature. And, And so... You know, uh, when I was quiet and serious, uh, she thought she had done something wrong and she should be able to fix it. Only I didn't have anything to complain about. I wasn't like, well, you don't, you don't make food. Oh, she makes food. You know, you don't take care of the kids. She did a wonderful job of taking care of the kids. You know, you, well, you know, you don't take care of me. No, she got a pretty good job of taking care of me. I was serious because I was, I was bringing home work and uh, we went to therapy and uh, best money I ever spent in my life. And what it really came down to was we were not communicating. So when I came home serious and quiet, she thought, oh, he's mad at me. But she never asked me. And, of course, I never said, hey, 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 honey, I'm not mad at you. I'm just having a tough day. 
um, we worked it out because we were able then to communicate. And so the same thing is true of employees, customers. Why do, why do customers leave you? Well, poor performance probably is going to get you lost customers. But more importantly, if we communicate well, and uh, then that performance usually is is good and adequate enough to keep that customer here. It's the it's the lack of communication around it, you know, setting the wrong expectations in a in a business. Uh, hey, I'm going to call you this afternoon. Well, or hey, I'll call you after lunch. Well, wait a minute, I don't eat lunch. I'm a service advisor. I mean, you know, I might get a three bites of a sandwich around two thirty. But at 12.01, my customer is looking at his watch going, why hasn't he called me? It must be, oh, my gosh, it must be a big problem. And and so I think communication becomes so important to our success in our lives. And and if we communicate well, then we have less frustration. I won't say we have none because I don't think life is that way, but we have a lot less if we communicate well. That brings me to a follow-up question. How can a shop recognize that they aren't communicating well? What are some of the warning signs they can look for, whether it's the interactions with service advisors and their customers? As a shop owner, from that perspective, how can you kind of pinpoint those red flags and then take those next steps to addressing them? Well, I think you, I think you have a couple of different things in, in that particular question. Number one, um, if you have customers calling you at two, three, four o'clock trying to figure out what's going on with their car, you're not communicating well. And and that communication, it may not be that you you haven't called them. It may be that you didn't communicate expectations clearly or create the right expectations in the beginning. And so the clearer we create our expectations with our, our customers, our clients, you know, the and then if we follow up and we do what we say we do, then we build trust. But every time there's an unclear uh, an unclear expectation, and we don't follow up like they think we should, then we weaken trust. And and business is all about trust. You know, even even price is all about trust. If you really trust the person that you're dealing with, and they're a hundred dollars more than maybe whatever's advertised by the, you know, the the quick guys, the the fast food automotive repair industry. Um, you're going to go there anyway because you trust them because you feel good about it because they communicate well. And and so if you're getting, uh, you know, if you're having a lot of customers that are have to call you throughout the day to find out what's happening, you know, I my local Ford dealer, I bought a couple of trucks from them, but I, I literally hate them to death um, because I'll, I'll drop my truck off. They know I need to have it at the end of the day because I make that extremely clear. I am, uh, I'd say I'm a 70% good communicator. So um, maybe 30% I'm not as clear as I should be. Um, and then I'll look at my watch and it's 520 and they haven't called me. And it's like, oh my God, now I have to go through their phone system and, and, and then phone systems. Oh, don't get me started. Right. Can I just talk to a human person? Someone that can actually solve my problem, get me where I need to go. Um, and then you also have employee communication stuff. And, and so here's what happens uh, in many situations. I think fam- I, I think not just business, but family and uh, et cetera. Uh, I'm getting frustrated, right? Uh, I'm getting frustrated because I have an employee who's not producing. Here's a guy out there and he looks busy, but he's only doing four hours a day. And uh, he knows he's supposed to do eight, right? I mean, he, he's here for eight. He should, shouldn't he work hard and give me eight? But I don't say anything. Because I don't want to have confrontation, you know, uh, uh, whatever the uh, huge, huge, like 62% or 68% of the people 
uh, confrontation actually makes them uneasy, sick, nauseous, etc. Um, and so I'm getting frustrated with this employee because this employee isn't doing what I want. Well, well, wait a minute. You know, let's take two steps back. When we hired them, did we tell them that eight was the thing? Did we have eight as a goal? Do they know it clearly? Do they know what that means? You know, um, have we been managing them? Like the first time they didn't do eight, did we sit them down and go, hey, what happened? You know, how can I help you? So I think if you have high frustration levels. So uh, I had a guy, um, this was actually online. We did a podcast with uh, Changing the Industry guys. And and a guy called in and said, hey, I've been in my business 26 years and I'm so miserable and I haven't made any money and I'm just sick of this thing. Okay, you got communication problems, right? You have a bunch of people working for you. They don't really know what to do because you haven't clearly helped them understand what to do in a way that would make them not be upset, right? So, uh, and that's that's another thing. God, get me going here. I'll talk for three years on this one. How are we communicating with people? Uh, am I saying certain words? Um, like in, in my shop, the last shop I ran, we sat down with the staff and we basically said, what, what kind of shop do we want to be? You know, who do we want to be? And uh, what we determined as a company was we wanted to be the best shop in the United States. Okay. And so by, by having that distinction and all of us knowing that that's what we want to be, now we can sit down and have conversations about how the best shop acts. What does it look like? How does it feel? You know, do they book appointments? Do they not book appointments? Do they do a good inspection? Do they not do a good inspection? If there's a problem with the car, do they take care of it? I got a text just before a meeting. It said, Cecil, I've got a client. He's been a good client, spends about 10 grand a year. Uh, and his uh, brakes got about 16,000 miles on them, and they're rusty, and they're squeaky. And should I warranty it? And the answer is, yeah, absolutely, right? Because that's what the best shop would do. Um, and and it's a good client. It's not some person that's been in once and only did the brakes and et cetera. Um, are we... Are we communicating clearly? If we have high levels of frustration uh, and we think the world is against us or our people aren't doing what we, we want, first thing I do, get a mirror, take a good look in it and, and decide, you know, do they really truly understand what it is I expect of them? Uh, I, I taught classes at um, AASP Pennsylvania uh, this weekend. And uh, I asked... I don't know, I had a room of about 45, 50 people. And I said, how many of you have uh, clear goals for your staff, for each position in your company? And I had about seven raise their hand. So if you don't have clear goals and your people don't know what those goals are, you know, what kind of a shop are you? What do I expect of, from you? How do I expect you to appear? You know, how do I expect you to talk to clients? Um, they don't know any of that and you, and you haven't, communicated that all bets are off you know so uh, if you got high frustration if you're not getting good um productivity out of your staff if 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 they're not meeting your expectations my first question is have you clearly defined your expectations right have you communicated that with your staff and have you gotten them to agree so we go back to the like the best shop in the united states if we decide that as a company then all of a sudden my people make better decisions and they can make decisions without needing to talk to me because, 
you know, do we warranty, you know, a, a set of brakes with 16,000 miles because they're rusted and squeaking? Well, what would the best shop do, right? Do we clean our bays? What would the best shop do? And so there's, you know, you can you can attack your staff. Hey, you guys aren't keeping the shop clean. You, 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 you. Or you can say, who do we want to be and what does that look like? And are we meeting that standard? It's a different way to communicate it. And one way is uh, head on. And the other way is, you know, um, much more leading and guiding. And which one's going to get you the best return? Well, head on. You never win head on. Gives you a headache, right? Gives the other guy a headache. So um, I, 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 we don't communicate well most of the time. And then be really careful about, you know, my guys never do this or my guys always do this. And, you know, you got to be careful about how you talk to people because they can take offense pretty easily, especially if you haven't uh, defined the relationship well. In the ebook, you cited three guiding principles of effective communication. Number one, active listening. Number two, clear explanations. And number three, addressing concerns promptly. Let's start with that first guiding principle. What practical strategies or techniques can shop owners and their employees employ to actively listen to their customers? One of the things that happens is we are very distracted because we are very busy, right? And so I have someone talking to me, but I'm not giving them my full attention. How do I know that? Well, first of all, they're not looking in my eye. They're looking away. They got their phone in their hand. Uh, you and I are, uh, we're not even necessarily quote unquote communicating. You're asking me questions. I'm answering questions. But you're looking at me and I'm looking at you and I'm getting feedback from you because you're shaking your head. Yes, when I say something that makes sense, you're smiling when uh, I, I say something that makes sense. Right. You'll you'll if you watch me um, speak with someone, you'll see I'm using my hands. Uh, I'm smiling. I'm raising my eyebrows. You know, I'm I'm doing I'm giving you cues kind of throughout our conversation as to what what I want to portray and what I don't want to portray. So so I'm going to answer the phone. I'm going to answer the phone two different ways. First of all, I'm going to answer the phone, how it's answered 70% of the time. Uh, you got to give me a second here in, in automotive shops. You got to give me just a second. Thank you for calling. How can I help you? Okay. That's 70% of the time because the call is a distraction. The call is an interruption when I have all this other crap to do, except I paid a bunch of money for that phone to ring so I could talk to that person. Give me one second here. Here's the, the other way. Thank you for calling Cecil's Automotive. How can I help you today? Right? Um, and then you're going to talk to me, and I'm going to listen. Uh, I had a call the other day. Uh, I got a shop that um, sales has been going down pretty consistently. And uh, so I, I'm, I'm talking to him, and I'm like, send me some phone calls. All right? And here's the, here's the, the beginning of the phone call. Thank you for calling Bob's. Um, uh, do you guys do alignments on Tesla's? Yeah, we do alignments. Why? Okay. That's the, that's the call. And then the, and then the, the guy said, well, I, I need alignment on my Tesla. And then there was a hesitation. Then the guy said, um, why do you think you need alignment on your Tesla? That's, that was almost word for word, almost exactly the same as it, it was. And the guy said, um, because I just got tires on my Tesla and they told me I need alignment. 
Now that conversation went on for 32 minutes and the guy, the guy never sold an alignment or got the car in the shop, nor did he ever ask for the car to come in the shop. All right. And so let's, let's replay that. Let's have Cecil take that call. Good morning. Thank you for calling Cecil's. This is Cecil. How can I help you today? You guys do alignments on Tesla's? Absolutely. I have one of the best alignment guys, and he loves Tesla's. Why do you think you need alignment on your Tesla? Well, you know, I just got tires, and uh, they told me I need an alignment. Oh, man, I know how expensive those tires are. We better get that car in and get you scheduled. Can you come in tomorrow? And uh, I've got a, an appointment at, at 8 o'clock or 10 o'clock. Which one would work for you, right? I would have had that guy in the shop in no time. And, and even if it was just an alignment, I would have earned another customer, right? So I call the owner. Like, I listen to three phone calls. And I'm like, oh, my God, no wonder. And I call the owner and I go, look, you either have to get this guy engaged because he's completely disengaged. Or you have to fire him. Either one. That's what you got to do. And uh, I guess two days later, the guy was terminated. And we brought another service advisor in. And guess what? Sales are at a record height. So you got to pay attention uh, to what they're telling you. And you, oh, physical cues. Um, even on the, even like uh, placating the, the call, um, when I'm teaching answering phones and stuff, I say um, uh, body language. Uh, think of a good joke before you answer the phone. So a priest, a nun, and a rabbi walk into a bar, right? And that makes me smile, all right? So now when I answer the phone, I'm going to have a smile on my face. Uh, and I'm going to use uh, intonation, volume. And these are all uh, verbal and physical cues uh, for you to do what you need to do, right? To get you in the place that I want you to get. And most people that are in sales have never read one book about this or done any studying about it whatsoever. Um, and so it's just impo it's, it's important, yes, that you're active listening. Uh, even now as I'm talking, I'm using my hands. You can see that. They, they can't. But uh, if you say something, like I might ask you a question. You know, hey, um, I like your job. Love my job. Oh, so your employer is a really, really good employer, huh? Absolutely. Autoleap is a great employer. Right. And, and what do you like about them? What's the, the, the one thing that you really like? Yeah, the company culture is phenomenal. All right. Now, so uh, let's, re, let's, let's replay that. How do you like your job? It's good. Uh, what's good about it? And, and so I'm not sending you the verbal cues. You're not sending me the verbal cues, right? We're not, we're not actively really even listening to each other. In fact, I'm thinking about something else. I got a Sudoku game going on right here on my phone, and I'm playing Sudoku while you and I are having a conversation, right? We, we think, especially service advisors, like I'm, I'm a multitasking unit, so I can do six things at once. And I'll, I'll, I'll watch a guy. He's got the phone in his ear talking to somebody, right? Or he's wearing a headset, and at the same time, he's writing up an estimate, and he's, he's doing sign language with his tech. So he's doing three things at once. Do you think he's actively listening? Do you think he's sending, you know, good verbal and, and physical cues to the person on the other side of the phone? No, absolutely not. So it's, um, it's, it, it, the more we learn about this, the better we do this, the happier our clients will be, the uh, more intent and happy and productive our employees will be. Uh, and by the way, the, the happier our families will be and the happier we'll be, right? And that's what this is all about. I, I don't get to take any of the money with me when I leave, right? When I'm gone, it's my relationships, it's my family, it's the influence I've had, it's the things that I've left here. 
that that um, that I get to take, and that's all there is. I think the two examples you cited were super powerful. And from a customer's point of view, you can, you almost, for better or worse, you're summarizing everything you think about that shop in that one interaction. When they're disengaged, when very short with their answers, it feels like an inconvenience that they're speaking to you. That boils down to my whole perception of your shop from its service to how I'll be treated to probably how well you'll do on my car repairs through that one interaction. You create the whole play. You're the you're the author of the play, right? You you get to be the author of the play. Now you have to play off the other person and all of that, but you get to be the author of the play. Uh, I had a plumbing problem. Uh, I went online, looked for a plumber. First guy I called. Um, they were so busy and uh, they didn't they weren't paying attention to me. So it was that same thing. It was like, yeah, well, we might be able to get a guy out there on Tuesday. You know, I might be able to get you next week. Uh, that's not what I want to hear. When I called, I had so much hope. I was like, this is the guy that's going to be able to solve my plumbing problem. This would be great, right? So I call the second uh, the second person, and they're like, oh, we can get a guy out there right now. And, and I didn't need a guy out there right now, right? And so I was like, oh, that's that's really great. You know, um, uh, what's it cost for to replace a water heater? She said, well, we don't really price on the phone because we just don't know what you got, what the, what the troubles are, what else is involved. It costs $79 to send a guy out. And... Uh, you know, he could be out there to, on Tuesday and uh, we'll get this thing figured out. We'll let you know before we, you know, before we do the job. And I'm like, okay, come on out. And I spent $2,400 with these people, right? And the, and the guy was with me for less than two hours and I, I, I dropped 2400 Now I might say, God, I dropped a lot of money, but at least I had great service. Think about somebody that's got a problem with their car and they're calling you. What a What's their expectation that you're going to not pay attention to them, that you're not going to have a solution for them, that you're not going to listen to them? Or do they have really high hopes, right? If they're calling you, if they took the time to call you, they have high hopes that you're going to be able to help them solve their problem. And it's up to you to kind of listen and determine, is this a viable client for my shop? And I will tell you that if you do it right, most people are viable clients. There's a few people who just look for the cheapest thing, and they're probably not for me. And I'll say that we'll never be the cheapest. We'll always be the best. And if you really are looking for the cheapest, I can give you a phone number. Oh, sure. I'd love to have that. Here you go. And then I get off the phone and I never have somebody go online and write a nasty note about how I didn't give them a price. Right. So the interaction, are you paying attention? Are you sending those cues? You bet. Super important. We'll be back next week with part two of our conversation with Cecil on effective customer communication in your auto repair shop.